off top. The term podcasting was coined in 2004 by a guy named Ben Hammersley. He was writing in The Guardian. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie. That's what we're doing, right? I mean, we're on YouTube, too. So it's like I call it a show. But I feel like when people ask me, I say I got to go record my show. I feel like I'm being pretentious. I should just say podcast or what what do I call it? I just say we're podding. We're podding. Every time. Podding. Let's pod. Yeah. All right. That works. Hold on. You revealed something before the show that we need to dig into. That I don't deadlift? Well, no, we can get to that part. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that I that I was that I was hesitant to um to get an iPod. So the the background of this is the term podcast yeah, was is a in- combination of the term iPod and broadcasting. And I said that I was kind of a late adopter on the iPod because a skeptic, a uh, skeptic on the (laughs) on the value of having a thousand songs in your pocket. No, I was not a skeptic on the value. I I think generally something in me has a little. I got a little zig. He was flipping through his vinyl book of CDs that he was going to play in his car in Denver in 2004 to impress Ashley. He was like, (laughs) I don't want an iPod that I could just plug into my car and play these songs. Get your jokes off. What actually, so like, I have a little bit of like zig in my personality and I recognize that about myself. So it was well before I was playing in a league, like in college and stuff, in high school, people started getting iPods. And I didn't think that the MP3 format was not going to stick around. I just was like, I'm not going to commit to this Apple foolishness. So I I was in on MP3s. I just got some janky nonsense that didn't work that well. I'll download all of the songs and all of the porn I want on Kazaa. (laughs) And I have a a, a CD. It has has Busted Baby by Plies, Loving This Club. I'm going to put this on in my car and I'll be good to go. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, anyway, eventually I gave in and now I have Apple everything. It wasn't about the MP3. It was about, like, I just didn't want to give in. Honestly, it is shocking that you're not an Android guy. Based on the way that you text... Oh yeah, and and uh, I just, I'm efficient texter. You mm-hmm. want pleasantries? Like, That's right. There's different communication for different mediums. Wine and dine me via text. Yeah, I don't wine and dine via. Give text. me those blue bubbles of wine and dine. Personally, like I, I'll have a good personal conversation. That's but right. text is about efficiency. That's like you think I'm gonna send you an email that has like sup? No, text is for sups. Face to face is for interaction that is more um, personal. But if we text it, it's because I want you to know something quick. It's uh, no, no, no. It's there's a generation thing. Like yeah, this is it somehow, despite the fact that you're in my generation. I'm not in your you generation. You text like my dad. I'm not in you your had, generation. You had one words with periods, which is <laughs> the if there's a one word period text. You are furious with that person, <laughs> but you're not furious. So that's, that's the thing. I don't. I don't understand that. I, the period just means that I am done with my thought. I feel like I could text you like something very serious and positive and you would just hit it with a thumbs up emoji. Which to me means thumbs up, but apparently it means like, eh. It means fuck off is what <laughs> see, it means. See, but that, now that you know me, you know. That's right. Now <sighs> it's my favorite thing. And at least it's not a green bubble. We're going to get at some point to some sports stuff. There's lots of things happening coming up here. Football. I want to talk about young quarterbacks. I also want to talk about my man, Carlos Alcaraz. You heard of him? He's a tennis player. He's really good. Yeah, He's from yeah. Spain. He's beating down Jokovic all the time. Jokovic all not, the time. Not last night. Not last night, though, because I obviously watch it because I love Carlos. But they have epic matches every time they go into it. And um, I saw that he autographed the screen. Yeah. He gave a shout out to the Spanish Women's World Cup Championship team. I like that stuff. I'm a sucker yeah. for that stuff. Let's do football first. We'll get to... You want to start this show with the NFL. You want to be like everybody else. I just told you I got zig in my personality. Well, the, the I'm a zigger. You're you're like Oh yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, the problem is you're just dangling some red meat in my face because you want me to just say say like why are we talking about Bryce Young and we could be talking about a better 20-year-old in Alcaraz? <sighs> I won't take the bait. The audience wants football first. Okay. Well, just give them a second to appreciate how great my joke was and how uncomfortable it makes everybody. Now, let's talk about football. It didn't. It it didn't. Maybe it doesn't make you uncomfortable because you Uh, know me. Not at this point. (laughs) Because you know me. But everybody else who's listening is really uncomfortable right now. Well, not everybody. Uh, 13% of people listening. Not uncomfortable. (laughs) That's right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash df today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash df. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um, football, young people playing quarterback, it's hard. I've been talking a lot about Jordan Love, and it yeah. seems like the tide has turned on Jordan Love. Everybody's all in based on his preseason performance and a little bit of time last year. And normally, I think... It's uh, appropriate to say pump the brakes, which maybe it is appropriate to still say, but I don't feel like pumping the brakes on Jordan Love. I think the things that I've been seeing are impressive. And it's not only that this is we don't have a name for the many theories that that are born on this show, but maybe we need to name them. But this certainly falls in a category for me is that young player success, specifically quarterbacks in the NFL, is so much more based on the organization than it is on the individual when you have a first round quarterback forget first round quarterback if you are drafted into the nfl you have exceptional ability and you are good enough to be successful in the league if you're a first round quarterback obviously you're good enough to be successful in the league there are many reasons why you can fail in the league and we can think of players from ryan leaf as an example jamarcus russell who is another example who squandered their opportunities but by and large i believe that success or failure of first round quarterbacks is more uh, a blight on the organization than it is on the player And that is why I am high on Jordan Love, because this organization has shown the ability to continuously put a championship caliber team around Aaron Rodgers in recent years. You can go back and I guess uh, Brian Gutekunst doesn't get credit for this, but the organization gets credit for the transition from Favre to Rodgers was not a mistake. Yeah, I mean, it was success. They did it well. They prepared and transitioned in a way that seems like it's going to go well here. And when we look around the league at the rest of the quarterbacks, I feel like I can predict whether they will succeed or fail depending on the situation that they're in. Jordan or not Jordan Love. um, Trey Lance is a name that comes to mind that 
it's injuries and also like that situation has not been conducive for success to him. And he's a unique case. I was and, about to say, that's got to be an outlier. Yeah. Because didn't we, last year we called this the Shandoza line. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, and he's an interesting case in part because he is a baby when it comes to like playing football. And so maybe he'll develop into a better quarterback later. But you can see certain things and i think this probably comes from watching a lot of football like the body language things that you see in a quarterback in in the pocket that expresses like a level of comfort and understanding he doesn't have any of that he's thrown fewer passes in high school college in the nfl than tom brady threw last season <sighs> tom brady threw the ball a lot last yeah, year. 600 but, times. <laughs> yeah that's still it's a fair point and so we don't have to talk about him we can go <laughs> around the league and talk about the rest of the young quarterbacks and look at it through the prism of my particular yeah. theory. So Jordan Love, let's start there. So he's replacing Rodgers, who played last year with a broken thumb, who was half in, half out of LaFleur's system. So I do think it's like distinctly possible that that offense will look better with Jordan Love completely in Matt LaFleur's system than it did last year with them. But what quantifies success for Jordan Love this season for you? Yeah, so there's, I think the team success they are in a winnable division. Mm -hmm. So winning the division, I think, is team success. I think the expectations for this team has gone up based on the way that uh, the Packers have talked about Jordan Love and the way that he's played. So that's probably not fair to him because I think 500 would we would have viewed it as success. Like as long as Jordan Love doesn't fall flat on his face. And I was skeptical about how good Jordan Love was because of how long they stuck with Aaron Rodgers. And that was stupid. Aaron Rodgers was getting MVPs. It's very different than the transition before. Of course, Brett Favre uh, is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he did play well. The year before they went to Rodgers, I think Favre wasn't playing well. And it was well for Favre, which is going to include a lot of turnovers and a lot of touchdowns. But anyway, that was stupid of me because, yeah, he wasn't quite up to Aaron Rodgers' ability, but maybe he was doing things that made them feel comfortable. And I should have had more confidence in him once this offseason started to take place because it was clear that Aaron wanted out of there, but they wanted him out of there too. Yeah. And they were comfortable with moving on. And as annoying as we all like kind of said and felt Aaron Rodgers was, nobody's that annoying if they are giving you a chance to win a championship. So that should have been the first vote of confidence that I had in um, Jordan Love. But I was hesitant. And then we've seen he had some success last year and we've seen him in this preseason. And you'll see like Orlovsky posts a lot of clips of him doing these sorts of things. But it is a complete understanding of the offense and smooth decision making. Now, he'll make mistakes. Things will change. There'll be ups and downs. There'll be things that are out of his control. But it's hard for me to imagine that him completely falls on his face. So success for him. It would be nice of me to keep my previous frame of reference where it's like be mediocre and get this team to over 500. But I feel like the success bar has changed because my expectations have changed. So you talk about the sort of surroundings with him. And do you view that just through the prism of stable organization, good coaching, or the fact that Aaron Jones is the most established receiver on the team right now. Like uh, Christian Watson was excellent in the second half of the season, but it's really Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones, the desiccated husk of AJ Dillon at this point, and then Luke Musgraves. And those are really young receivers right. around him. They're young receivers, but they're talented receivers. And uh, I think Christian Watson... DK Metcalf 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he is from a number standpoint, uh, as far as his speed and athleticism, he actually, I would think, runs crisper routes than DK Metcalf. I wouldn't say he's better than DK Metcalf, obviously, but at the end of the season, he did things that we can't expect him to consistently replicate. But I think the image perception of him was... Largely uh, shaded by the first play of the season <laughs> where he dropped a yeah. wide open touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. And then he had trouble, but he's finally, it seems like, turned that corner. And you can see Romeo Dobbs making tough catches of the deep ball in their preseason game that he caught with really no room on the sideline. He brought it in. I think between the two of them, that's a pretty good situation for a young quarterback to grow with. The protection, Bakhtiari is a great tackle when he's healthy. The offensive line is good. And this is the the thing that I think uh, I can't 
account for is how good is the defense going to be? Defense is always super talented. They never quite live up to the talent. So I'm hoping that they will rise to the occasion, which again, gives support to uh, Jordan Love. And then it's the coaching. So they have a coach that's had time to develop, a coach who's had time to learn and find things. So that's what I feel about it. And I think it's also just looking at this organization over the last few years, like uh, Brian Gutekunst, aka Lil Goody, Goody Main, is... He's done a good job. Yeah, yes. And all the time where we were like listening to Aaron Rodgers and like, why don't y'all get him a first round receiver? Like this whole time they've been, he's had the best, one of the best offensive lines in football. He had Adams for a stretch of that. Like we don't need a first round receiver. We had that. He had a defense that was loaded. Again, they didn't live up, but that's not his fault. And they had championship caliber teams. And that's all you can ask for. Like he can't go out there and play. He can't go out there and coach. He got them championship caliber teams for the last several years they fell short that's not his fault so to be able to do that time in and time out and then still create a a situation that seems like a reasonable transition a reasonably good transition like i think we need to appreciate the job that he's done there i love this pro management anti-player i hate it hey it's not anti-player aaron do it in the playoffs (laughs) duty's doing his job (laughs) no it's not even saying that aaron didn't do his job i think we all know like single elimination in the nfl playoffs is like the best team's not always going to win uh you wouldn't have kicked a field goal down by eight (sighs) leave aaron or well i guess no i would not have kicked a field goal down by eight go for it every fourth down I'm trying to I was trying to um buy time so I can remember exactly which uh which 49ers loss you were talking about but it's two years ago yeah um, any, anyway the point is I'm not blaming anybody but I'm just saying that it's hard to argue with what Brian Kudekunst has been able to do Goody Main is doing his thing okay should we move next quarterback yeah that was way too much time on Jordan Love I kind of I loved it <laughs> So. By the way, Gutekunst, last last point on this is if Jordan Love is good, <sighs> anyone who criticized that pick has to eat it because oh, the yeah. transition of another <laughs> franchise quarterback in there. I So I pivoted on that pick after uh, Rodgers run the MVP because I said then if – drafting a quarterback was enough to get you two back-to-back MVPs out of Aaron Rodgers that even if Jordan Love stinks, job well done, Goody Main. That's a great sack. I, I feel like Goody Main has to know that I call him Goody Main. You think he likes it? Definitely. Okay, good. Of all the nicknames? Lil Goody or Goody Main? I just think of uh, Party Down, where it's <laughs> Party with the Goot. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, what's next? Can you pick it? Thoughts? Tiny uh, Hands? Love, don't like, another institutional stability. I hate to do it again, but do it. it's the same thing. It's like, uh, Kenny Pickett was... And by the way, he played 13 games last year, but he got thrown in. This is worth setting up. He got thrown in against six of the best teams in the NFL. His first six starts were against the Jets, the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, Philly, and New Orleans. He had two touchdowns in those six games. And then it was really like his rookie year really started after that. Yeah. So he had a rough start. Um, he wasn't highly touted. He was the 20th pick overall. But again, this goes to my point. Yeah, you can be Smaller critical. Hands than me. Yeah, you can be critical of his hand size. You can be critical of his college career at Pittsburgh, where uh, he was there all four years. Which he was there longer. He, well, I mean, he, he played had, all four years. He had, I the, guess. he had the COVID year, and oh. so he was. He didn't. He was one of those people at the breakout age. Was like I think he was 23 or 24, beating up on 19 year olds, which is one of the criticisms yeah. before the draft. He's a super, super duper senior. Uh, I think probably know that the the Pitt Panthers and the Steelers share a practice facility. I remember visiting that when I visited Pittsburgh, and it was very weird. I didn't like it, but anyway, the point is. People point out that the organization knew him, but the reason why I argue for organizational stability again is the Steelers have been one of these teams that fall into the same category as the Ravens that are never really bad, even when their roster isn't very good. And uh, I think we all accept that Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff overachieves with uh, bad rosters. But when I looked up this morning and started like trying to evaluate um, the AFC North, I looked at the Steelers roster and it's really good. They're going to be good again. They're but really good. The AFC North is a bloodbath. Yeah. And so I would say from a, a stability, organizational stability standpoint, th- Kenny Pickett not being like super highly sought after 
and him having what I thought was a pretty good rookie year, all things considered. Definitely. And he's having a great preseason. Again, under Matt Canada, who people don't like as the offensive coordinator, I think this is an example of giving him everything that he needs and giving him or trying to use this time to be smart around him. The offensive line is improving. That's the one place where you would say, eh, they don't have much of a running game or offensive line. The defense is amazing. They're not going to ask him to outscore very many teams. The question on the defense is the corners with Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson, who it's hard for me to imagine is going to play all 17 games at this age. He got drafted the same year you did. Gosh, jeez. Was it? No, he was before no, me. No. Was he? He was drafted before oh, no. you? No, he might have been after me. Uh, it had was, to be after I me. I was joking. It had to be after me. It had to be after me. Yeah, it's no way. I was trying to think who, Um, I think Antrell Roll. Oh, Pac-Man was the first okay, corner yeah. of my year, and then Antrell Roll. You see Pac-Man still around a 4-5? I saw that. <laughs> Outrageous. Un-believable. Outrageous. Don't even ask me. Well, Hell no. No. I, I would, wouldn't I try. Would. I don't need to pop nothing. I'm good. That's, it's better off the memory of my speed is better off than... Running that fast, is, I, I do think, is something that normal people just don't understand. I, I, I bet I, you if you pulled the audience, there's like 50% of men think they could run a sub five in the 40. Yeah, I know that because I live in the world of arrogant men who say ridiculous things. And then they pull out their, the 40 that they ran in high school. And I'm like, look, bro, let me be honest with you. Your coach hand was off. That was 38 yards. You were not running a four or five in high school. I don't care what you say. Because <laughs> Un- like, grass, this is tall. <laughs> there are NFL receivers who train for the combine and then go run a four or five. And you think that you ran a four or five for real? Stop it. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So the Steelers, um, if you ran a 4-5 and you didn't get no no offers, you stink. So you should you stop telling people that you ran a 4-5. Didn't exist. If you ran a 4-5, you got a division one offer. Somebody came and hollered at you. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think the Steelers, again, and speak to the organizational stability. I'm high on Kenny Pickett. And I think back to the Steelers, I remember when Ben Roethlisberger got hurt that year, they – traded for Minka Fitzpatrick and we all looked around and we're like what are you doing your quarterback got hurt you're gonna have a high pick why don't you ride this out and go ahead and draft a replacement quarterback they were like nah that's not what we do we don't give up we lean into this culture whatever we can call it dumb but it's hard to argue with the results because I think that they honestly believe, was it Jerry Reinsdorf who made that comment in the um, Jordan doc? They honestly believe that organizations win championships. And I think it's more true in football than anywhere else uh, that luck and randomness wins championships. But being in position to be successful routinely is, uh, I mean, it bodes well for the organization. Uh, and I think... I wouldn't say that they believe that they can make anybody into a great quarterback, but I think that they agree with me in that preparing the organization and the team for the quarterback is more important than the quarterback because there are some players that I think it doesn't matter. They're just going to be great. Those players come around once every 10 to 15 years. So if your strategy is hoping that you get this player at the right time, then you failed. A much better strategy is accepting that what you're probably going to end up with is a mediocre quarterback. Let's prepare this organization for a mediocre quarterback. Going with the the strategy of like, hey, let's trade everything to move up and get this guy. If that guy is Andrew Luck, by all means. If he's Trevor Lawrence, then maybe. Good luck. But again, we can look at Patrick Mahomes and say that maybe that's where the two things meet. But the thing is, he wasn't a top five pick. It's it's always when you look around, it's always these young or even a point that I know you've heard me make a ton of times. The best quarterbacks in football were all that are currently the best quarterbacks in football, even if they're not in great situations now, they were started in great situations, which gives them time to learn how to play the game, to develop and be comfortable. All of them except for Russell Wilson. But we'll talk about that some other time. Trevor Lawrence, whose first yeah, year with Urban Meyer. Yeah, Great but development I, there. I don't know that we would consider Trevor Lawrence one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. I mean, 
Top uh, 10. Yeah. <laughs> they're, only, they're only six good quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just thinking about like the guys yeah, who yeah. we think of like perennially, but yeah, that's fine. And I mean, um, in the coaching situation, like I can point to tons of examples yeah. where a change in coach situation helped a player. And you see like Jared Goff, he's had these ups and downs based on coaching situation. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so on Kenny Pickett, and I'm metaphorically going to my uh, Bill Barnwell, Mina Kimes, oh, yeah. regression to the mean statistics yeah. on this. The Steelers had 28 offensive touchdowns last year. Right. Deontay Johnson like led the league in targets, was sixth in end zone targets, and scored zero touchdowns. George Pickens, if you just watched, this is now taking these off. If you just watched Twitter highlights of the preseason, oh, you would think he is Randy Moss mixed with Heinz Ward. <laughs> Yeah, he does have a Heinz Ward attitude. Yeah, just <laughs> absolutely fucking uh, annihilates people. <laughs> oh, I hate him. I love him. I know you do, but <laughs> I, love I mean, him. I love him too, but I also like, oh, I can't imagine playing against a guy like that. But you just have to imagine that regardless, that team is going to regress to the point that they're going to be, they're going to score more touchdowns and we're going to think of Kenny Pickett in that offense in a better light. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how annoying that uh, George Pickens probably is because Heinz Ward was someone who was not all that um, physically gifted for the position that he was playing. Didn't run a four five. So yeah, so you would understand why he's an asshole. Yeah, George Pickens, you're like an an Adonis. Why are you so mean to us? You mean five stars that are six three and run four four four? (laughs) Normally they don't got that nasty attitude. Which is nice. It's nice to not have to deal with that attitude also. But he's a five-star who has a a, a two-star attitude. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with all of that. All right. What's next? All right. So, yeah, your your regression is a positive regression. Yeah, I I just think think, it's, like, inevitable that just statistically you have to look at it and that offense has to be better in the red zone. Yeah, and if you listen listen to our three-part pod pod that I did with Mina and Bill, they make a – I think it was Bill who made a point when we were talking about um, the Steelers about a different type of regression is that they ended the season well in part because they didn't turn the ball over. And so, like, there's a chance that they could turn it over more. But by and large, you look at the roster, you look at the coaches, you look at – everything in the in the defense and you feel I feel confident about more confident about that team the scariest part about it is that division yeah I could see all four of them making it and or just two of them making it to the playoffs it's a hunk it's the hunger games okay I want to move to the rookie quarterbacks all right uh the ones that are obviously the most interesting Anthony Richardson Bryce Young CJ Stroud first question all three of these guys are expected to start Week one. Um, I know it hasn't been announced yet for CJ Stroud, but come on. Like Mr. Longneck Davis Mills is not starting over him. First question Do CJ Stroud or Bryce Young have a chance to be successful this year? Um, uh, uh. I refuse to say no. I know. But like I refuse to say no. Like they have a chance to be successful. Um, I think this is like I would not give up on them if they have a rough year because of course not, yeah. you've seen and I yeah I wouldn't categorize them as as bust. It's really tough because I had come into this thinking that Bryce Young was in a good situation because they like, traded up to get him. They weren't a complete dumpster fire number one overall pick team, which is normally what happens. They traded up to get him, and their offensive line was able to run the ball with success last year without Christian McCaffrey, and their defense, I think, has a lot of talent on it. So I was like, all right, this is a good situation. Then they get a new coach who uh, was Frank Reich, who I think understands quarterbacks and offense. Go Terps. I would have thought I was feeling confident about that situation. And then we see that they can't keep that little man upright. They can't keep them big boys off of him, and that makes me nervous. So I his Bryce Young situation doesn't look good. I would say what gives me confidence in Bryce Young is while all this is happening, he still seems comfortable in the pocket and comfortable with decision-making and throwing accurate passes. Uh, granted, it's the preseason, and it might wear on him. He might uh, have a situation where he can't get to the smart football stuff because he is not able to settle down. So I'm not nearly as confident about them as I was before. The uh, division, again, is a weaker one. The Saints, though, are still the Saints, which is a weird situation where they can't quite find Jameis Winston's backup. But they can't quite find consistent success, it would seem, but they still have a really talented roster. Wow, Jameis over Derek, over 
Derek. I almost called him David Carr. Derek Carr. Um, I mean, Jameis is the backup. Oh yeah, I think you said. Yeah. I thought you meant he was going to start over him. Oh no, no, um, no, no, no. He's the backup. Also worth noting on Good Bryce backup. Young. Yeah. Also has Jim Caldwell, who has been like yeah. the sneaky Oof. quarterback developer around the NFL for the last couple decades, and Josh McCown, who people like as an up and coming quarterback coach. So he has coaching wise, he should have yeah. this ability to succeed. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't feel as confident about C.J. Stroud because he is more traditional on a more traditional like blow it up roster that is not going to be great um the and the institutional track record is not there like it's hard for me to find something to point to and with either of them there's not like a true number one receiver which i think is kind of been in this modern way of uh, this modern era of football, we've come to like appreciate the two number or the true number one receiver uh, almost as much as like the running back was to an offense back in the nineties when we were first getting acquainted with the sport. So it's hard to imagine anyone outside of uh, Patrick Mahomes, like having a lot of success without protection and a true number one receiver. So CJ Stroud has looked better in his second preseason game than he did in his first, but I'm not optimistic, honestly. Are you surprised they're giving Anthony Richardson the keys from week one? Nope. I mean, I think all the reasons are there to to do it. He has the floor of athleticism that I think makes you feel a little bit more comfortable because we talk about this quarterback development, something that I'll say over and over again is you want to buy them time. And if you surround them with great players, you buy them time. Like you think back to Dak Prescott. I was cold on Dak Prescott as a rookie because I was watching those games and I was like, you know what? This feels like Russell Wilson all over again. He ain't really doing nothing. Then that playoff game, his rookie year, I was like, oh shit. He's really good. And they like they buy him time to get comfortable without having to open up Twitter every day and people saying you're a bust or without feeling like you got to um, outscore the opposing quarterback every week like that time, I think, is important. And if you get that time by sitting on the bench, cool. But, you know, a better way to get that time is by being on the field and building confidence. So I think because of uh, Richardson's running ability, that also buys him some time to build confidence because he's going to force defenses into simpler looks and he's going to be able to move the chains and have some success, success in ways that um, most quarterbacks can't. To be honest, though, I've yet to see it. I've yet to see it on the field. I know I heard all the numbers. I've seen the college highlights and it's still preseason, but I've yet to see him do anything. And he gets the Lamar comparisons because of the athleticism. I remember when they dropped Lamar into the Ravens team. Lamar saved everybody's job because he dropped him out there and you were like, you know what? He just looked different. And you don't get that feeling. Uh, I haven't gotten that feeling with Richardson yet. And to be fair, I don't remember Lamar in the preseason. So maybe that's where uh, that's why we haven't seen Richardson just look physically special. I'm sort of imagining a floor this year like Justin Fields last year. Because like, yeah. I mean, like, I know that's. In, but there's no way he can throw the ball worse than Justin Fields did last year. Like they were like a 1940s wing T offense, and he still ran for 1,100 yards. And this is, I feel like this is um, like Justin Timberlake's character in the Social Network, where it's like, you know, what's cooler than a million dollars, a billion dollars with with Anthony Richardson. It's just like making him bigger and faster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I, I mean, I don't see the reason to to bench him with uh Shane Steichen yeah. taking over there I think that that gives you confidence in what he was able to do along with um Jalen Hurts so there's obviously major differences in the roster and the the team but they have a good offensive line and that should give him some help and support I'm not surprised that he's starting we'll see though like I, I'm not as optimistic as I was before the draft, as I am now, just because I haven't seen much. Over under a thousand rushing yards this year from him. Over. Yeah. All right, that's uh, that's that floor is, yeah, pretty fucking good. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I. The only way he doesn't get over that is, uh, in my view, is 
if he just cannot throw the ball in any like they're just like <laughs> capacity. you know what i mean yeah, where yeah. it's just like because we always if they get to a point where they're like you know what we'll run cover zero so that you can't outnumber us in the box and he can't beat nines. cover zero nines <laughs> all nines yeah. baby let's just, go just throw it up yeah like you should if you got three downs to run goes against cover zero just do that so yeah um and this is how cliff king's ready to get another nfl job by the way <laughs> Oh, Cliff, he he doesn't want another no, NFL job. No. He's having a great time. Did he ever come back? Where oh, he's go? coaching Caleb this year in uh, at USC. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot Riley. about that. Jeez, sorry, Caleb. I guess Cliff Kingsbury has a college track record. He um might be the best at identifying college quarterback talent. Just because he coached these guys doesn't mean he just followed them. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, a, that's, not, that's the thing. That's he was like, like that guy. <laughs> bring put me next to that guy. He has been next to some really good Baker, Mahomes, yeah. Kyler. A lot, a lot of trophies, a lot of um, Heisman's, and mm-hmm. I guess um, Mahomes no Heisman, but he is the best quarterback any of us has ever seen. You saw him do that out of bounds jump pass. I think like people who mock us for like overreacting to every Mahomes throw, like they're right, but also it's incredible. Uh, you'll you'll miss it when it's gone. This is <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. yeah, lean into it and enjoy it. Nobody is is uh is mocking people who enjoy Jordan. So I'm with you. All right, who else did? I, is that everybody? That's everyone. Cool. All right. You got anything else to say? More jokes? No. All right. That was fun. Get ready for the U.S. Open, baby. All right. Roses and thorns. Let do it. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. And now for my favorite person and everyone's favorite part of the show, Roses and Thorns with my wife, Ashley. Report card time. I feel like I can feel the air change you came in. I feel like you have, we go many weeks without legitimate thorns. I feel like there's some real thorns here today. I don't think I'm a little that, nervous. I don't think so. Actually, my first is a rose. A rose first for me is that I got here a little bit early. Oh, um, nice. Even though I came with all three kids, we managed to get here early because we're going somewhere after this. Um, School's starting soon. Um, oh I don't have to do that anymore. But not for 14 days. <laughs> Um, 15 days maybe 15 days yesterday two weeks it starts september 5th we can't wait um so yeah won't have to do that anymore but um my rose for myself is that i was early and it let me watch you and charlie recording outside and i came up with a rose for you and it's that i feel like you haven't gotten a haircut recently but your hair looks nice i don't know if it's like without having to shape up it looks a little fuller or something in the front it looks luscious oh thanks i don't know i mean i appreciate the compliment i want to get up in there go to commercial real quick (laughs) how sturdy is this table Gosh, hi kids. We're outside watching. <laughs> are they? I mean, they got here somehow. They we, ain't, we ain't gotta lie to them. They know what's popping. Anyway, this summer has I'll been... say that's a rose too that I still like you like that. And I don't know, maybe you still like me like that. If not, of course. I mean it seems like it sometimes. Like you like what? I mean, like <laughs> anyway. Attracted to to you, yeah, of course. Our yeah. kids are outside, but that's a rose. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, that is a rose. They are outside and they had to get here some way. But anyway, the point I was, or the thing that just popped into my mind is we're going to do some kid stuff after this, which is why they are here. And also we've been doing lots of trips this summer and we're going to your parents' beach house for uh uh, at the end of this week, I think. Remember, y'all, we're getting work done in our house. So at this point, like as much as even I feel like, darn, I wish I were in D.C. more this summer. And like, I feel like I keep our luggage out because I just repack it like every other week. It's really nice to be away from the hammers and the drills and the saws. But go ahead. Finish your thought. I agree. No, I was just thinking it's a lot. And we are going to we're ready for a rude awakening. We're going back to regular life. Feels like this summer has been and we've been fortunate. I think we had bad travel luck recently, but we've taken lots of flights with three kids and we've managed to have not very many meltdowns and have lots of fun. Thank God for iPads. Like by bad travel luck, he doesn't mean like like obviously we're here. We're safe. That's really all that matters in the end. Right. but our flight was delayed and I knew I was like, the way they're delaying this. And I kept listening to what the like people at the stand were saying and what other passengers who seemed more knowledgeable to me they were saying. But we were trying to get back from Miami's airport to DCA, which is the airport close to us. Um, and but there are two other airports in the DC area, and the same with Miami. Like if you drive in an hour radius from there, there's like a couple other airports, Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale. And so I noticed as we were walking to our terminal, because at Miami airport's a lot of walking, I saw other DCA flights that were canceled. So I was like, shoot, let me 
start looking for the same airline that we were on. So I was like, either way, this flight's going to be real crowded, but also like, what's going on? Why are these flights canceled? Sure enough, after we went to the airport for like six hours, ours ended yeah. up being canceled too. And like, I feel like they kind of knew it was going to be canceled. They just were trying to wait it out and hope that some weather popped up so they didn't have to give people like hotel vouchers or something. You know what, you know what happened on that trip that I, I didn't think of until just now, but when we had all that panic happening, like I've always... I've started to notice and laugh at, but also appreciate that when business needs to be handled and we're with the family, you handle the business. There was no business to be handled. No, American I mean, was going to book our flight. I was making a point or not put us on our flight. I was making I a point. That okay. tends to be the case. It's like you step up and you take care of it. And I'm like playing with the kids or doing whatever, keeping them occupied. And this time when you took care of all that, we were leaving. You were like, all right, well, you got to get a hotel. And then you looked at me to call and make the reservation for our last minute hotel. And I almost panicked. I was like, oh, well, I'm, because I'd already I'm, found I'm it. I'm one of the kids. I, no, I'd already said we're going to stay at the Elser, which is where he was recording out of in Miami. It's not where we had been staying. It's not on the beach. It's not like an ideal place for kids to stay, perhaps. But it was really nice. And I was nervous. I really appreciated our stay there. But I had already looked and saw they had rooms. And so honestly, that you thought I could handle that part? It was, well, I know. I was saying we should just go. I know they have rooms. We can go and get a hotel room once we're there. But I'm happy he called because the rates when he called were cheaper than the rates. But anyway, online so I, I, I made the so reservation. Good job. I know. I made the reservation. And then we got there and the room that I reserved was not prepared. And then you came over. So you were with the kids somewhere else in the lobby. Listen, the only reason I was with them is because they were on their iPads. They were so good the whole seven hours, six hours and plus at the, while they were waiting at the hotel. Literally, my son's iPad died like right as or one of my daughters, I think, died right as we were ready to go to the room. I was like, thank God for those. I was just nervous because you came and over and started breathing it. down my neck. And I was like, I, mean, I can handle it. this. I'm I'm a big boy. I can do this. You did it. I did make sure we had a later checkout and I did help a little bit. But, you know, but yeah, I've lo- I, I used to be able to handle business, but I've lost that ability now. And now I got to do things and I feel nervous and I just want to call you and tell you to do it. But well, that he makes handles me a lot. That obviously. Yeah. I mean, I was live. We were laughing before the show. Before you even got here, I was pointing out to Charlie how I fancy myself like a progressive person. But when I look at our family, it's like very 1950s, like I a know. stay-at-home wife, yeah. and like uh, my son is very much a, a stereotypical like hyper-masculine physical physical boy, and the girls like girly things, and it's like what. Emmy was wearing a football jersey all day yesterday playing with Declan. Ooh, we're trying. I know. It is funny. And, like, I went to an all-girls school that, like, in its, um, for high school, that, like, you know, strives to raise, like, not raise, but educate or whatever, like, independent, empowered women. Um, And, obviously, I could be independent and I feel empowered. But I think part of, like being progressive is realizing that people get to make their own choices exactly. and not making them. And my choice, which I, which sometimes I regret, I actually was telling someone, I was like, sometimes I don't feel like myself. And you know, I, I think hearing on here sometimes speak to like my insecurities about not doing stuff. And I honestly think some of that, like to fill some of my time, like not literally, but like I went to law school cause I really thought I was about to become a lawyer. But when I went back to ed school, um, for I got a master's <laughs> in that policy, it was literally, I went because we had moved to Cambridge, um, Massachusetts for him to go to business school and I wasn't barred and I had been doing like like part-time legal stuff in Maryland where I'm barred but I wasn't barred in Massachusetts and I've heard the Massachusetts bar is hard I'm sure I could have passed it but like by the time I would have studied and passed it and gotten sworn in and done all like the character background and stuff it would have basically been time for us to move back and I wanted like the fuck I was not excited I ended up loving it uh, other than the fact that our third child wasn't born yet you love school Oh, you're talking about loving the area. No, I loved living there. Like, I had lived there before for law school, and I didn't love it because I was busy, like, flying back to Boston. And I actually only did two years there because I did a visiting year in law school where I, like, didn't have to be there except for to check back in at the end of the year. I do. Long story long. Um, anyway, I loved that time in Boston, but the whole reason I went back to school at that time was because I did not want to stay home with my kids. And the irony is, like, after that, I pretty much since then have stayed home with my kids. Um, and so I think sometimes I think they're, or I know they're at an age where, like, between nine and three, I could do other things. I don't know when some of the things I like to get done around the house would ever get done, but I could do other things. But I love that I'm able to like pick them up from school, especially one of a rose and a thorn today was 
shit's about to get busy. He with football season, he'll be traveling plus like recording here when and he's in coaching town. a football and team. coaching football team. Rose for that is you guys came up with the name Metro Tigers um, because originally We're the Hugger Bros. The Hugger Bros. Um, but the, name. I like but that the name. kids refused to let that, or not the kids, our son was really opposed to that being Hugger printed Bros. on their jersey. The one from that is we I'm don't quite have them. a field for them to practice on one of the days yet, which is, um, again, I handle business sometimes with this one. I was like, you got it. I got other stuff going on. <laughs> it's a little too um, late. So we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll find figure that to practice, out. but whatever. But um, a rose and a thorn is that you are very busy, and it relates to what you said about our 1950s family, because I'm like, you'll be so busy. I'm going to be with our kids a whole lot. <laughs> so obviously, it's a rose. I'm grateful that you have projects that one have a job that pays you and have projects that I think you might even be excited about. Um, I'm very excited about this show going forward. I'm looking forward to it. So I, I might get cut, guys. The show's elevating and I'm I'm losing my can I call this an internship? Maybe like when I remake my resume, it's not a job, although really I get paid because I take all your money. Yes. So like I mean, in a way, could married, we call guys. it a paying job? Yeah, um, but at least can I call it an internship? You can um, call it whatever you want. When uh, I decide to leave behind so law would, and education would that make and go me, into media. Would that make me your supervisor? Is this job that you're applying for going to be the, uh, am I the reference that they're going to have to call? No, I'm going to make Oscar and Shannon be my references. <laughs> All right, I worked a for a reference. long time for, <laughs> my uncle had a company in D.C. that I worked at a lot in high school um, and even into college, like, because I went to school at Maryland locally, so Basically, when I was like, man, I need some money. Like, hey, can I come answer some phones? But anytime I would have to put a reference down, I would put my aunt because she married someone who had a different last name. So because my, my uncle is my dad's brother who had the same last maiden, same last name as my maiden name. So when I needed a reference, I'd be like Sharon Brooks, um, because even though she was my aunt by blood, she had a different last name. Nepotism. Yeah, it Gotta works. It. it works in your favor sometimes. Uh, Uncle Leonard, good man. I started to wear the watch he gave me today. It matches, but I forgot because I was in a you rush. You me for so long and a lot of people in my family. I'm grateful for that. Oh, he's a good man. Um, yeah. So any more roses or thorns? Um, I had a whole list. Oh, that you've been saying. So because we're doing work in our house, um, we're lucky that the people who live there before us use the basement as like a sweet like au pair suite or in-law suite or something so there's like a mini kitchen but there's no oven there so I cook and, and that we have an air fryer and I prep stuff and like yesterday I was really screwed because I prepped this salmon I could have put it on the grill but I was lazy I didn't want to go outside so I, my plan was to put it in the oven then I realized the oven like doesn't work so basically it's like I'm so lucky that even though that one that we're redoing it, our kitchen because I want to not because we need to but because I want to and two I'm lucky that we have like all button oven we have a fridge a dishwasher you know a stovetop microwave in the basement but i know some of my meals aren't the best coming out of there it's like just it's a very different i thought the meal was really space. good oh thank you so my roses that he says my basement meals are good guys i no, think just because he I, likes me i love your basement meals i thought that meal was really good we had salmon chicken some asparagus we had a salad that was accentuated by <laughs> by tomatoes that i grew in the garden this man has grown so many tomatoes that's you said, another rose. you said that i grew those with love no, anger. Anger fuels my gardening. It's furious gardening. Well, it's aggressive. Tomatoes taste delicious. Yeah, it's aggressive. We don't have a soft garden. Angry we have a things physical. are fun sometimes. Watermelon plants are murderers, which I learned this weekend. So we have a watermelon plant uh, amongst the uh, blueberries, strawberries, tomatoes, um, potatoes, all these like other plants. herbs. And I, so like I've been letting the garden go wild and then I go out there. Well, and you're notice, out of town. Yeah. I go out there and notice the watermelon plant is wrapping itself around and asphyxiating <laughs> all of our other plants. And it so looks I had, scary. It's all fuzzy. I had, yeah. I'll post some pictures. But I had to go and, and, yeah, do some pruning. We had to get aggressive on the pruning because a watermelon plant is, or I guess, what is it? A watermelon bush? Watermelon something. Whatever. That, I guess I would say plant a bush sounds. It's like it looks like vines. It's like a almost. weed, yeah, yeah. Like the way it, it behaves like a weed. But anyway, um, beautiful, delicious. I would say that the one uh, criticism about your basement cooking is that the ventilation system it's in the bad. basement is not as good as the ventilation system no, in the real kitchen. No. So. And the basement is where he there. used to be. Like when my sister and brother were there one time, seeing me like prepping set up down there, like before the work started, moving stuff from the kitchen upstairs to downstairs, they were like, 
poor Dominique. It's <laughs> like, other than to come work out, nobody really went yeah. in the basement much. Now it's like our hangout spot. It's and like, everybody knows that I'm, I, I need my alone time. Like I'm does, an introvert. I need to go and be alone. And now the whole first floor is pretty much closed off to us. And so now everybody comes in the basement, hangs out. I love it. Nice, close knit family. I think we've talked about this before, but it's like the ways in which we try to like give each other what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday I realized it was like, I had my coffee. I had like going to the bathroom for the day, <laughs> not for the day, but you know, like I got myself ready. All the slow things I do in the morning, coffee really sometimes guys can run right through. I think you, everybody so. knows that about coffee. <laughs> okay. But it's, so it's like I build in on the, during the week, I build in the time to drink my coffee and then like, you know, process it um, and then get re- ready. But on the weekend, I just like don't, but I happen to be ready for the day. And it was like 10 08 and I'm Catholic. Um, and so I don't know, Catholic churches, there are some that are really good or that people connect to, but a lot of them are kind of interchangeable. Um, like it's like you're going to get the same, you know, slate of readings, whatever the priest's interpretation of them is, similar music. Like there are some black Catholic churches in the area that are a lot more inspiring, like musically in the homilies um, or sermons. Um, but we go uh, some, but not very often because yeah, um, I go for one. convenience. Um, I walk around the corner. There's one that's like a 12 minute walk from my house. And so it was 10.08 and all the kids were still asleep. And I was like, no, Emmy had already gotten up. And I was like, yeah, mass at 10.30. I can get them up. Oh, and I, we were on time. I hadn't been on time in a while, honestly. I normally like three minutes late because I walk down there and then like something slows me down or a kid gets lost on the walk or something um, because they're on their bike and they anyway. And so I was like, we're going to go to church. So I took them to church. And then afterwards, I just made them run errands. And they kind of realized like Declan was like, mom, do we? I was like, yes, we need to check out the pool that I just joined at the end of summer and buy some lemon juice from Wegmans and stop past grandma's. And because mostly it was that I wanted to give you alone time. So I appreciate it. That, that was, was great. a gift to start off the week. Yep. And I was alone with Oscar I mean, you and Shannon you breaking did. down all Thank the you, Oscar and Shannon. Also, so <laughs> all of Giving COVID, us our basement back. Thank you. Well, no, it's been great. Thank you for leaving that equipment there so Dominique could work easily. Um, but thank you also for moving it because now it's part of um, the area where the equipment that he used to record from um, Debatable was. He's going to start doing it here, I think, right? The area is now where our basement kitchen table is. So yeah, the thank whole, you for that. So it is nice. It's nice to be like a close-knit. Um, place I remember that from New York it was really fun we had an apartment to be like I mean fun it was easier because now when something's going on and like unloading the dishwasher takes me three minutes because I can literally reach every cabinet like with I mean I guess it always maybe we should sell the house no thanks I'm gonna really love my pink kitchen when it's ready me too Um, okay I have actually one more thorn real quick he mentioned we're going somewhere after this yes we are if I had worn the other outfit I was going to wear, you would know right away we were going because of the color blocking. But we are going to this like new Lego discovery place in D.C. And I told the kids, think Legos when you get dressed. Duckman's like, Legos are bright. Legos are colorful. He's wearing all gray. Who wears all gray to the Lego place? That's just strange. I went with bright yellow on my shirt. and It's got some other primary colors in it. I was I was told, which I know is not I knew was not true when I was told this, but I was told I didn't have to go to Lego. Yeah, but you said you were going. Oh, so you had changed your mind again. I told him that because I was like trying to give him a break. I'm going. And he insisted on going. So if you're going to go, why not look like you're going to go? Well. I'm sorry. I'm not as uh, as themed as you are. I feel like I'm going to fade into the background and let all of you guys be the star. Rose. Turn that thorn into a rose. Anyway, thank you. This love is fun. you. Love your shirt. Great message. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I love Jackie. Oh, okay. Got it. Everybody loves Jackie Jackson. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank Bye. you. Thanks, Christina. Bustle. Thank you, Adi Khan. And thank you, Sarah Abbott. And also, thank you, Podville. We out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.